I guess we'll go ahead and get started for the record. The class is packed. People are sharing chairs. And I uh, just want to give a shout out to our van driver who said uh, they would check this out online afterwards. Uh, hope you like it. Um, <laughs> uh, my name is DJ Iverson. Uh, I'm the youth and family guy at New Venice Church down in San Diego. I'm also creative director uh, down there. Um, if you're looking at the slide and wondering if you're in the right class, uh, you are. Um, so here's kind of my litmus test for this group. If this slide makes you cringe, uh, you're in the right place. If you're looking at this slide and going, I think I did that. Not only are you in the right place, uh, we have an emergency session uh, during lunch. And I'll give you direct access to my, uh, my red phone in the back cave. Um, this is a little bit more like it for me. Um, uh, today we're talking about why good design matters in the church. And uh, something I'm really passionate about. Um, I, uh, I, I've been a graphic designer really since I was a little kid. I grew up in church. Um, you know the little bulletin cards? The cream colored bulletin cards? Um, I went through thousands of those. <laughs> I probably cost Elkhorn Boulevard a few hundred dollars uh, in, in cards growing up. I learned to draw in church. Uh, I used to draw pictures of our preacher. Um, and when I got good, he liked them. Um, um, but that's, so for me, there's always been a, a, a deep connection between uh, church and art um, and the visual part of church. And it's something I feel very passionate about because I'm um, just speaking frankly, a lot of times um, the visual part of church, the way that we represent ourselves visually, um, gets left behind. It's an afterthought. And so what I'd like to do today is do a couple things. Uh, just spend the first half talking about why, not just design, but why good design uh, matters, uh, especially in a church context. And spend the second half kind of talking through some practical tips um, and ideas that you guys can put in place in your churches. And, and what I hope, my hope is, and my assumption is that if you're here, you agree with the premise that design matters in the church, that the visual representation of the church actually does matter. Um, what I want to do is equip you to be able to go back home and share that, uh, share that conversation with others back home to put good design into place into your churches. Um, one of the things I talked about with my art professors when we were uh, having this conversation about art and ministry is if we can just rid the church of bad design, uh, that's a mission field right there. And, and so that, that's kind of part of who I am. Um, yeah, my, my introduction, uh, like I said, I'm uh, the youth and family guy at New Vintage Church, but I also really take pride in my, in my job title as creative director. Um, for the first few years of our church, I was the guy putting out anything that you saw visually. And, We've started to share that with some of our other staff and, and teach them and coach them and, and spread that out even to some of the teens in the youth ministry. Um, and so trying to take a, uh, expand my role from just a, a creator to um, uh, helping other people develop their creative talent. Um, this is my family, my beautiful wife Stacy, our two little Padre fans, uh, Logan and Henry. Uh, I just want to get on record, beat L.A. Um, <laughs> for this weekend. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, why good design matters. First and foremost, the, the most important part of why good design matters, we have the most important message out there to communicate. When we understand the depth of the message that we're trying to communicate visually, we're just as a church as a whole. When we understand that when we make the church look good, we're making God look good. When we understand that God's presence is there in anything that we hand somebody, anything that we post online for others to see, that's part of a much larger narrative of us telling the story of God. And, and so it, it's worth our time to speak well of God, to present God well. If you're a speaker, if you're a pulpit uh, a minister, if you're a teacher, you want to do your best to educate yourself, you practice your technique with speaking, 
you, um, you do all kinds of research on, on how to relate with kids and, and needs and so forth of the students that you're working with. As people, as, as people that create advertising, as people that promote the church, promote the word, promote the Lord, promote activities that draw people in to build community, we have a responsibility to the message, to the larger message uh, that we're promoting. Um, one of my, uh, when people ask where I went to school, I actually turned Pepperdine down, um, which sometimes I question that decision. Um, I, I was either gonna come to Pepperdine as a religion major or go to Oklahoma Christian as an uh, advertising major. And I didn't want the responsibility of youth ministry at the time, so I figured I'd go draw in Oklahoma and get away for a little bit, I loved it. Um, I started working at an ad agency as an intern and um, there are some unsettling things that happen. Um, basically what the advertising world taught me was advertising is essentially telling people your life is incomplete without fill in the blank. And that was okay when we were designing like coupons for Sonic and stuff, because um, everybody needs a cherry limeade at some point. Um, when we were, yeah, when we were working for the zoo or something, but we were bidding on a client um, that uh, sells malt liquor. And I grew up in a neighborhood going to a school that was littered with malt liquor ads on billboards. And I did not want to be a part of that system. And I, so I had a serious question about what is it that I'm willing to sell? Um, and so if we look at this as like, I'm, I'm selling Jesus, which is really easy to sell. Like of all the things out there you could sell to somebody, this is it. The good news of Jesus Christ is the best possible thing that I could tell somebody, your life is incomplete without it. And so, um, so yeah, we, we have an important message to share. And uh, I, like I said, I used to design coupons. I used to design coupons like this for McDonald's. And if McDonald's is willing to spend money, hire designers, and have a whole team of people to get you to save a dollar on an Angus burger, then we can spend time putting effort and energy and resources into sharing the message of God, right? Uh, another reason why good de design matters. We live in a highly visual culture. If you're a teacher, you know that a large percentage of your students, right off the bat, are visually oriented, right? If they see it, they'll remember it. Um, on average, um, we see between 3,000 and 5,000 ads a day as an adult in the US. Um, don't try counting, it will drive you nuts. <laughs> Um, I trust the research on that. Between three and 5,000 ads a day. That's just the reality. I'm not saying that's good or bad. That's just, the, that's just the platform we're working in. If we're going to stand out as a church community, our design better be good. If, we're gonna, if we have the best possible message to share with people, our design should stand out and those three to 5,000 ads that people see every day. Um, because we don't remember them, but we do remember the ones that, that stand out. Um, why does good design matter? Uh, I believe we have a biblical mandate. Um, if you go back and look, um, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is when God is talking to Moses about building a tabernacle. Um, Tabernacle houses Ark of the Covenant, which is a symbol of the presence of God among his people. They don't just throw it in a wood box. God commands the people that are artists to decorate it and decorate it well. He calls them out by name. And he says, This isn't, you know, God commands Moses, put this together, but don't just like, hey, let's see if we can find somebody to knock this out here real quick. Let, not, let's not go to the, the lowest bidder. Um, we don't have a budget for this because we're on the move. This is, you take your finest craftsmen, you take your finest artists, and those are the people that work on my tabernacle. And, and I think when you, when you mesh that with, um, you know, one of my favorite passages is Romans 12, 
Um, I would love to add scripture uh, to that and say, if you're an artist, do art well. You know, um, if you're a leader, you lead. If you're a teacher, you teach. If you're an artist, put out the best artwork possible. Um, and I think it's a way for people to contribute too. Um, if you look at the different gifts that are given to the body of Christ, if we're all one body and with many parts and many different functions, um, I'm not cut out for children's ministry. God bless the people that are, right? I would much rather sit there and design an ad for children's ministry and get people there and hand that off to people that really love kids that aren't theirs. Um, understanding that there's a place for that, that there are different gifts and talents, and allowing ourselves uh, the chance for the artist to speak into the church community and speak for the church community, uh, really on a lot of levels, I think it's very important. Um, but the biggest part of this is God himself asked for his presence to be represented well among the people. He asked for the artisans, he asked for the craftsmen to do their best work for him. And I don't think that that, that mandate has expired at all. Um, we used to have the Sistine Chapel and the Statue of David as representation of the glory of God and us trying to honor God through artwork. And I feel like over time, that may have, the quality may have slipped a little bit there. Um, the last one uh, for answering the question, why good design matters. Whether you like it or not, your church is communicating visually whether you have any kind of intentional plan or design or not, you are communicating visually already. People look at your website. People look at the bulletins that you hand them. They look at the lobby of the church when you walk in. They look in the children's ministry. Um, they look at your campus. They look at your building. You are communicating visually already. So you may as well have a plan for good design to go with that. Because if you're not, if you're not putting any effort into your communication, your visual communication, people are going to know. And what it's probably the message that you're sending to the people that are seeing your church is probably not the message that you want them to hear and potentially getting in the way of them hearing the message that you do want to hear, right? You see what I'm saying there? Um, bad design can stop people from being able to hear the important messages, right? If we don't communicate clearly, um, we, we lose that ability to get the good message out. A uh, little drill here. My favorite graphic designer, one of my heroes, my if you could eat lunch with anybody, who would you eat lunch with person, uh, this guy named David Carson. He used to do uh, Surfer Magazine. Um, he, he uses this image from his TED Talk. These are two photos from the same alley of two garage doors. They're painted the same, they're both red and white, have the same design. Uh, the type is even the same color, right? If you had to park in front of one of these guys' garages, who would you, whose garage would you park in front of? We you got? What, why? He looks angry. He looks a little angry, right? <laughs> what else? doesn't say parking, so... Yeah, <laughs> technically this doesn't say parking. This is no arcade. Um, I can make a Noah pun. We'll skip that. Um, even though this isn't done well, right? Even though this is... This guy will call a tow truck and tow your car, right? <laughs> this guy's going to call a tow... He's going to get upset, call a tow truck, tow your car. This guy's going to slash your tires, <laughs> smash your windshield, maybe wait for you to come uh, with a baseball bat. You're communicating something. You're always communicating something. Um, one of my favorites from recently, one of my favorite signs in Escondido. <laughs> what does this communicate? What can you tell me about this Chinese restaurant? Well, it's 
Yeah. What can you tell me about this Chinese <laughs> restaurant right now? Just by looking at this sign. Definitely a hole in the wall place. Definitely a hole in the wall. <laughs> what else? What else are they communicating here? Something go wrong with the first print? <laughs> it's actually a sign. So yeah. this is like a mix of like letters and yeah. yeah so it looks something like they so added. Like we're making do the first time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Here's a question. Do you think the Chinese food here is good? Probably. Less authentic. Yeah. Yeah. I'll reserve judgment. <laughs> See, it's a response. I will tell you this right now. Hands down, the best Chinese food I've had in San Diego. These people's talent is in the kitchen, <laughs> right? They don't have, they're, they're a family restaurant. We walked in, the kid is working at the table on his homework. Can you get the move to Central PA? <laughs> yeah, I didn't think we had any Mexican Vito. I, Mexican food for days. Chinese food, I've been looking for years. We have pickup sticks and panda, right? Their foods, I, I can't go back to that now. Right? This place is amazing. But what they communicate, but what they, it, it, so it doesn't, like this is good in an odd way, but here's the thing, they're communicating much more than they intended with this sign, right? We are communicating something. Your church is communicating something right now, whether you have a plan for it or not. What you want to do, good design helps focus that communication. It, it brings intentionality, it brings a specific narrative, it helps people engage. That's what graphic design is. It's just a means of communicating information. So that's your why design matters. It's the most important message we can possibly share. We live in a visual culture. Uh, we have a mandate from God and you're already doing it. Uh, so let's, let's talk about putting good design in place. Because the truth of the matter is, a lot of people think, I would love to have this look good. I don't know how. I don't know the practicality of putting this into motion. Um, the first church I worked at, we had nothing for graphic design outside of the youth ministry because the church didn't know how to put that into motion. Um, and, and so there's, there's a setup. This, and this is for the people that are not artists. This is for the people, this is the part of the show where we talk about this is what you take back home and you say, Here's what we need to put this into action. Here, here's, the st here's the planning that has to go in ahead of time um, to put good design into action. And this is the part I really think anybody in the church can do. Um, you don't have to be a designer necessarily uh, to be a part of the process of being a, uh, being, bringing good design to the church. Um, so establishing good design. Uh, rule number one. Biggest mistake, I think, and biggest hurdle, I think, churches make in preventing them from having good design is planning ahead. Mm -hmm. Good design takes time. Now, here's what's awesome about this. Me being the graphic designer and needing lead-up time to create stuff forces us to plan ahead. And, and there's, there's plenty of times where me saying, hey, I need this information so that I can create this graphic spurs on, hey, we've got to get to work on this, right? Um, so one of the things we do, we do a, a different graphic for every sermon series. Oh, this is my favorite plan ahead uh, image. I will pay for anybody in this room to get this tattoo. Uh, this is, I would not get this myself, but this is my, my, one of my favorite images. Um, so this, these are our last four sermon series graphics. So every series, uh, we have a different graphic. And um, the ideal way that we work is uh, our senior minister uh, goes on like a week-long trip and will sit down and map out the year. What books of the Bible do we want to talk about? Uh, what characters of the Bible do we want to talk about? What topics do we want to talk about? Um, mapping out here's when is Easter, when is Christmas, when is Mother's Day, when is the beginning of the school year, what's going on when, when do we want to do family life series, all this. We plan ahead. 
And, and so every November, uh, the two of us sit down, ideally, and we say, here's what's coming down the road, the big ideas. And then as every series comes in, we say, okay, we want to talk about Job. What are, what are we going to do for Job? Well, here's some visuals. Uh, we'll sit down, we'll talk visuals, we'll talk um, lines from scripture that speak to us, and, and that's how we start to map out the ideas. And kind of what we do is we do a little bit of back and forth uh, ahead of time. And so, like, for instance, this Job one, I said, here's, here's some imagery that I like. Here, here's an idea for the visual. And the visual kind of will help shape some of the sermons, and then we go back and forth a little bit. This takes time. This takes time. Um, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but the, the first senior minister I worked with was like the king of the Saturday night special. <laughs> and if you're, if you're mailing stuff in on Saturday night, you don't have time to make things look good. You don't have time to plan ahead. If you're going week to week, you're making it very difficult, right? So if you can plan, the further out ahead that you can plan, um, the, the easier it is to put design into place and to put good design into place. Uh, typically, uh, well, well like for example, this one, another reason uh, I wanted to bring this up, this one right here, I wanted photo, I didn't want a stock photo. Um, our friend Cecily uh, lives and works here, is a photographer, she's a fitness guru. I just asked her, hey, can you get some, a bunch of images of weights? Here's the series we're doing, it's called Deadlift. It takes time for her to go and do the photography and for her to get that back to me and for me to edit and so forth. And so we're asking those questions two months in advance, three months in advance, so we have time to prepare. Um, so uh, part of implementing good design is planning ahead. And what's, like I mentioned before, it will force you, it will force all of your ministries to get better to plan ahead, right? You, you can kind of see the potential for that echoing out a little bit. And I love that the, if it's the art guy that's forcing you to get ahead on your planning for your ministry, <laughs> then so be it, right? Uh, we'll break some stereotypes. Um, next one, uh, budget. Is probably uh, the second biggest hurdle. Um, art costs money. If you're paying a craftsman, it's going to cost money. Uh, if you're if you're hiring a graphic designer, um, it's going to cost money. If your church needs a new like, and, and so I don't I understand the realities of church budget. So let me just be plainly here. There's some stuff you can do for free, right? There's plenty of free apps out there that have great design. Um, but there's also a time to know when to budget for this, right? Every major company in the world has an advertising budget. If Mad Men taught us nothing that everybody can advertise, right? Toe fungus creams spend billions of dollars on advertising. We can spend a few dollars on budget, right? And I'm talking about putting ads out on Facebook, um, targeted ads. I'm talking about um, if you're gonna if you're gonna revamp your church website, asking somebody who has never touched WordPress before to put something together, versus investing maybe a thousand dollars in something that thousands of people are potentially gonna see. Right? You guys see where the the budget starts coming in. Uh, the big one for us. I, uh, early on, we had no money when we started New Vintage Church. We had no idea where paychecks were coming from. <clears throat> so I had to steal a lot of photos from Google Image Search. Um, I also found a photographer friend of mine who let me use his images for free. It was all surf photography. So if you look at our early ads, they're all beach photography, and we're inland, 30 miles inland. Why is that the case? Because those were free photos that were really good. Right? <laughs> Um, so I understand that there's a budget, but, but now we're at a place, if we're going to invite the, we'll say, 400 people at our church to an event, and we're going to invite 400 of their friends, I can spend $10 on a stock photo. I can, I can spend a couple dollars on a photo that is going to draw people in. And so when we start thinking about that, thinking about the potential reach, it makes the budget part a lot easier. Um, but it's also a hurdle. And, and so that's part of planning ahead. 
you know, plan ahead also helps you create a budget a little bit. Um, yeah, Canva is a great free resource. Um, a lot of the, they, you know, have templates and everything. They're free. There's plenty of free apps out there that uh, work well. And, and social media is free. You know, um, if you're if you're still spending money on a phone book, don't <laughs> take that money and put one targeted ad up on Facebook, and <laughs> take 15 minutes and put your demographics together, and you're gonna read your there. Facebook will help you reach the people you are trying to reach multiple times, right? Um, also, social media is free. That's, that's part, you know, as you're presenting this to people, the powers that be, as you're trying to implement this, recognizing that there are plenty of free advertising. We, we kind of joke around. We call ourselves a social media church. We had zero budget when we started. We had 16 people. But all 16 of those people were on social media. And anything that we put out, we re-put out. We re-put out. And we continue to ask people, check in, repost, engage. Uh, and that's free. And that's part of uh, having good design. It's also a good reason to have good design. People are more likely to put it out there. Um, establishing good design. Uh, clarify your message. Why do I love Twitter? Why did Twitter take off? You have 140 characters. You have to think about what you're going to say. That's what separated Twitter off. Why did Facebook be MySpace? How many of you guys remember MySpace? Oh yeah. How many of you guys are still on MySpace? Exactly. <laughs> why did music groups? There, there's a few reasons why Facebook beat MySpace. We're in a design class, so I'm going to point you in a certain direction here. Why do you think I think Facebook won over MySpace? It's a simple design. It's a simple design. How many of you guys love going to a MySpace page and the first thing that pops up are a page full of GIFs turning and like you know, the cursor would turn into like sparkles and a song would pop up and people that you're like, oh, colorblind people made this page. And Facebook had a clean design, all their photos were the same size, uh, they had comforting colors, there's a ton of white space, right? Um, they simplified the message. They clarified. They made it very, very simple to use. You don't get to change things on Facebook. You can add stuff, and here's a little format for it. But they clarified and simplified the message. And that's something that all of us should take heed to. Um, I actually thought about cutting this class down to four, 45 minutes instead of an hour just for the sake of saying, clarify your message, right? <laughs> um, why use a hundred words when ten words will do? And here's here's what's really cool about that. You have to think about those ten words, right? You have to think about that image that you're putting out. When you clarify your message, when you spend time clarifying your message, you get a better message to put out. Um, and so that's part of establishing good design is talk with your church, talk with your team, your leaders, whatever. <coughs> what exactly are we trying to say with this? What is this space? What exact? What feeling are we trying to get from this space when people walk in? When people see our building from the road, what do they see? Are they seeing a hundred different messages? Are they seeing one? What and what is that message? So I'm gonna. I'll throw myself under the bus. This is my least favorite graphic we did ever uh, in the history of NBC. Uh, it, it's not like the world's worst, I'll say, but it's bad. What's the main idea here? Exactly. World is bigger than Christmas, right? Uh, now we throw Advent over here. It, it just, we put this together, and I, I look back, I keep this because I remind myself, and clarify the message. We've got like six messages going on here. The only thing that works for this design is it's not a bunch of colors. I, like, I actually like the white space and the way things are centered, but we don't really have a clear message here. This is hands down our worst Christmas graphic and probably our worst graphic uh, that we've done at NBC because the message is so convoluted. Um, this is one of my favorites. What's this service project about? Hoodies. Hoodies. Hoodies for who? 
Doesn't really matter right now. We're just getting hoodies. All I want is your attention. I want hoodies. Right? Clarify your message. Nobody had any questions about um, what we are trying to get during this search for. Now, they had questions about details, who, what, where, when, and why, and we fill that content in later. But to get our people's attention, simple message. As simple as I can possibly make it. And it ended up being pretty successful. I was pretty excited about this. Also notice, we didn't use a photo of anybody wearing hoodies. It's just a hoodie. Clarify that message. This, is, this isn't about, we're not trying to mark certain people that, you know, uh, this is a, a, a service project we did giving homeless teens uh, hoodies. Uh, you, you bring in a hoodie or buy a new hoodie and we get it to them. Um, this wasn't about like creating an image of who wears those hoodie. You guys see why that's important too, clarifying that. This is about the hoodie. This is about the object that we can give to those people. Um, so clarifying the message. Um, last part, establishing good design, execute. If the first time you're printing something is the final time <coughs> you're printing something, you've done it wrong. Right? Um, I, I busted our worship leader on this uh, last week. We were doing an outdoor worship service, and uh, she had printed out the lyrics for uh, people to use because we're outdoors, we didn't have any screens, so we're using lyric sheets. It was awful. It was really, really bad design. And I said, when was the first time you looked at this? She goes, I didn't. Like, I, I printed it, and we got it in, and, and we had to go with it. And I was like, you, that's one of, like, we have a printer right here in the office. Print it out, see what that looks like. Right? Execute that well. Um, what, is the final, what is the final product that's going to be in the hand of the people that you're giving it to? Right? If you're redesigning a space in the church, sit in the couch before you put it there. Right? Um, we did a redesign at a church I was at, uh, interning at, and they put these couches in the lobby. Nobody sat in them beforehand. They were the, most, they were the world's most uncomfortable couches, right? That's, that's not good design, right? It, it, it looked okay, and it kind of looked like a magazine ad, but nobody actually, like, sat down and tested the chairs. Um, no, they, they just weren't comfy. And so, you know, months later, we're spending money on new chairs because everybody's complaining, like, this space is just worthless now. Um, it was this huge misfire. Whatever you're putting out there, make sure it's of high quality. Execute it well. Um, Any time I hear the word execute, I think of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. This old guy <laughs> saying execute them. They say bogus. We'll come to execution again. It's my favorite movie. There's going to be a reference in there. So here it is. Um, so here are the rules for. Um, or or here, here's my thoughts on on how you establish good design. Uh, plan ahead, budget, clarify, execute. Um, we're going to move on to um, kind of more of the practical side, the, the tips of good design uh, side. Um, does anybody have any questions so far? I feel like I need to take a break here before we, we climb the next mountain. Is everybody kind of tracking with this? Like, you care way too much about this, right? You do. <laughs> Um, I really do. Uh, my, my art professor, Tony Alley, uh, the late Tony Alley at OC, um, was, an, was an art teacher first, uh, or was an art teacher, uh, but he was a mentor first. And we had a lot of, of really great conversations uh, during our time there. And he understood, uh, he had a really good job of understanding that, that there is a ministry involved in the way that we communicate. And um, he taught 3D design at Oklahoma Christian for a while. And, he, and what's great is that that's one of the best programs in the country now for 3D design. And, and I think part of that is instilling a, an understanding of excellence and, and why we do what we do um, well and, and the importance of doing that well. So I just want to give another shout out to Tony Alley, a great mentor. And, and a, a person who really understood uh, why this is important. Uh, so let's talk about rules for good design. Um, the, these are my rules kind of based on uh, the church context. Um, there are 
plenty of good rules for design. There's uh, some great movies out there, documentaries like Helvetica. There's one on this guy named Roms Dieter uh, that's really good. You can tell he's a really good designer because he wears circle glasses. And I mean, that is an epic pose. You don't get to pose like this unless, if there's, I mean, if you pull this, if you just said, hey, I need a photo of a designer, like this is the guy. Um, you don't even have to know the story. You just know he's a great designer. Um, he designed a lot of um, the gadgets that we've used over the past 50 years. If you've bought anything from Target in the past five years, everybody at Target, their whole design team has to study this guy's work. Um, he did this transistor radio in 58. Uh, it, that's what the iPod was based off of. Here, this is kind of next level stuff, and we'll back it up a little bit for church context. Here, Dieter Rams, uh, 10 rules for good graphic design. Um, so I'm going to give him credit for these. We've got our own 10 rules that we'll kind of go over under church context. Um, this is some next level stuff. This is the stuff that, that graphic designers like put on their wall and say, this is my goal. What's his name? Dieter Rams. D-I-E-T-E-R-R-A-M-S. Can you do that one more time? D-I-E-T-E-R-R-A-M-S. D-I-E-T-E-R-R-A-M-S. R-A-M-S. Like, all right, thank you. Yeah. I may have gotten the I and E Okay. But, um, anyways, these are his rules. Um, these are really tough. I would say like 90% of products out here don't hit all of these, uh, but this is the goal we work towards. And so this is kind of, this is also the framework. I'm going to step out of y'all's pictures. Um, <laughs> this is the framework for some of the rules that, that I've kind of put together in response to these. Um, using, using these as motivators, things that uh, I try and teach our team uh, at New Vintage and rules of uh, design that I try and go by in a church context. Um, so first one, uh, good design is unique. Um, I don't know how many times you've seen this, right? What better way to show the glory of God than by throwing some terrible typography over his handiwork, right? Um, anybody can do this, right? And, and so I, I don't want to knock like the, the sunset and I don't want it because of the creator and I don't want to knock the idea because the scripture and power, like power, pa um, pairing a powerful image with some powerful text it, it is a, it's a great idea. It's a solid idea. But if it's the only thing we do, right? If that's where we set the bar, as the highest that we can attain, I, I think we're doing ourselves a disservice. And, and so have, being able to, to think through and to process out and say, what can I do to improve upon this? Always asking that question, what can I do uh, to make something stand out, I think is a beneficial question. Um, church logos. Um, like, I don't know where it's written that your church logo has to have a cross, combined with either a mountain, a river, a stream, and a wave, or a tree, right? I mean, that, that's like 90% of church logos out there. And, and so we, we start to ask the question, it's like, are we all using the same template? Where's, where's the creativity? And if you think about this from the context of outside the church, if you really want to separate your church and your community, it's going to be something that shows people you've got unique thought that you've got the, the capability um, to speak to the people in your community, in your area. Um, good design works across different mediums. Um, this gets a little tricky, but um, one of the things I have to keep in mind when I design is where is this going to end up? Um, I always design in a square because I have to, my design is going to end up on a wide format on screen, it's going to end up on a vertical format, on a phone. It's going to end up in a square format, on Instagram. Um, if you're designing something for a shirt, you have to think about the context of how that design is going to play out on a shirt. How is that? I designed a shirt one time uh, for a camp, and it had a big bar across the middle. Awesome for the guys. Ladies did not like that shirt. Um, you have to think about where your design is going to end up. 
if you go and you see this great couch in Ikea and say, I love this couch, and it's like, you know, pea green, and you go to your lobby of your church and your church is orange, it's going to hurt. Please don't have an orange church. But, um, <laughs> like, you know, you know what I'm saying here? Like, it may look good in the store, but it needs to look, you, you kind of want to think through what's the medium where people are going to see this. Um, we did a slide, Jeff Wine coming to speak for Easter. Um, I designed this as a, just a slide to be shown in church. Well, somebody decided that they wanted to put that up on Instagram, and so they did this to it. Like, this is what happens when you don't design across mediums, right? This is this, that first slide, that intro slide hurt. This one, I like. Um, yeah. <laughs> the best church meme ever, right? Worship, teaching, and friends. Like, these are great things. These people spend a lot of time on some really good ideas. And I'm sure there's a whole booklet out there. I'm sure there's a message series. They didn't think through how those banners would look when they were hanging the banners, right? And so now you have the best church meme ever. Um, I don't want to go on record saying what this is. Uh, and I may take this slide out of uh, the presentation we upload online, but I love this photo. Uh, this is, you have to... an anonymous audience member? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you, you have to think about where this is going to end up. You have to design across mediums. So if it, it's really easy if you're designing something on paper or online or whatever. But you want to think about where is this going to end up? How are people going to see this? Uh, these, I, I'm so grateful for these folks for providing an awesome lesson for us. And I hope their worship, teaching, and friends uh, ministry goes well. Um, good design evokes a response. Um, e even if it's somewhat neutral, e even people that aren't artsy um, respond to art. Um, I, I always laugh because we've got, um, we've got a couple at our church She's an accountant and he is an engineer. They could not be less creative people. Uh, and they're some of my favorites. They've been with us from day one. And um, they came up to me one time with our church bulletin. They go, we really like this. And we have no idea why. <laughs> and I was like, that's off. Like, that made my day. I'm writing that down. Um, even people that don't get art um, have an emotional response. Even my, my, um, my sister and I went and saw uh, my favorite painter is Josh Dildine, uh, a Pepperdine uh, grad. Uh, he does this great abstract expression and some work. And we went and saw his stuff, and I'm just sitting there just really moved. And my sister, who is an accountant for Ernst & Young at the time, goes, <coughs> I don't get it, right? We're typically not doing abstract expressionism here typically have a pointed message, right? Mm -hmm. So even my sister can come to church and say, hey, you know what, I like that graphic because it made me feel this. Mm -hmm. It prepared me that the message was gonna be about this. Um, when I walked in, I felt this way. So even people that don't, uh, if it's good design, even people that aren't, aren't artists, even if they can't put it into words, it will still evoke a response to them. So I'm gonna throw, some folks on the bus, kind of. I'm gonna. I flip this so you can't see specific names. This is a Church of Christ bulletin. If you're coming in for the first time to this church, how overwhelmed are you gonna be? How overwhelmed are you gonna feel? What are they about? Right. If this is a person, this is a person who's telling you their life story in the first two minutes that you meet them on the bus. Right? Not bad, but not necessarily what, what and how you want to communicate. I, I look at this and I cringe. I don't read anything because there's so much, right? My emotional response is claustrophobia. Now, I'm not saying you can't have this. What I'm saying is, you think of, if you're going to put this much information out, I want you to think about the response the potential responses that you're going to evoke from the people. Is this designed for members or is this designed for visitors? Right? Is this designed for people that have busy schedules or are people that have a lot of free time? 
right? If, if I showed this to our youth ministry parents, who I have to like convince not to go to another soccer tournament, they're gonna look at this, they're, they're not going to this church, right? This is way, this is the last thing that their calendar needs, is all of this information. Good design evokes a response, so does bad design. But good, de- good design, you can control, or at least try and influence that uh, response you're trying to get. Good design has a clear message. I can go back to that bulletin picture again. Um, I, I like this one. This is my, one of my favorite graphics we did uh, for NBC. Even if you took out the text, right? Don't even look at the text. What's this about? It's about a house. Is this a clean house? It's a, little, it's a little messy around the edges, right? This is one of my absolute favorite designs because without even reading the words, you can go, oh, okay, I get this house. Like, this is our house. Like, <laughs> like we need to, you know, there's dishes in the sink, there's kids' clothes all over the place, there's toys on the floor. Uh, we got into an argument the other night. Like, this is, this is my house, right? And so... We can communicate, good design will communicate a clear message. Um, And if necessary, it uses words, right? Um, The words though, I mean, we like the words of the series. We actually changed the series title after we did the design uh, because we felt like that reinforced the message a little bit better. This was, uh, the original title was um, uh, Homewrecker, I think. And we just decided, man, that's not the direction we want to go with. That's not the message that we want to, that we, we like here. And, and so, um, and that wasn't very clear on what we were actually trying to say in the sermon series. This was a lot more clear. Um, yeah, good design is laid out well. Um, so, your phone automatically does this. Uh, has a, or it should, your default settings on your phone gives you like a, a grid. Uh, it's called a rule of thirds. Your eye, on any given photo, image, whatever, your eye will automatically go to one of these four corners, right? Uh, and, and so understanding how we lay out information, and how we present information, go back to bulletin t- thing two, logos, whatever, understanding how it's laid out and how we present it and the space that we put around it is, a, is an important part of communication, right? And, and don't underestimate this thing. This is, if you want to know why Mona Lisa's, like the one of people call like this perfect painting, it abides by every rule of grid layout. Mm-hmm. Like her eyes are perfectly on the grid with her face and mouth proportions. Everything is that proportioned well. Uh, this text right here is two thirds the width uh, this is the rule I give our team. You either do two-thirds or 75% width of whatever uh, space you're on, right? Uh, so we use grids, we use proportions, and, and we're not, and I would say the biggest like sin that we commit in, in design in the church is, is we're afraid of white space. We think white space communicates nothingness. What it actually does is it clarifies your message, right? If you saw this on a church bulletin, are you more likely to actually read the whole thing? Have these people communicated clearly what they're talking about? Yeah, it's thought out. It's planned, right? And so all these things are kind of tied in together. If nothing else, like obviously just delete papyrus from your computer and comic sans and anything (laughs) that looks like a fake script brush. Um, But if you... (laughs) But if you take your, your step number two, if you get nothing else today, is don't be afraid of white space. White space is a symbol of a ton of great design. It's clarity, it, it's uh, clear communication, it's uh, brevity of words, uh, it, it's using a layout well. Um, if you can get to a space, a place where you've got a ton of white space in your design for your church, you're gonna be really surprised at how many people appreciate that that you're reaching out to. Um, Good design has quality execution. I'm not going to do the Bill and Ted's quote again. Um, greatest statue in the world? First image that pops up on Google search is probably not the one you need, right? If you throw a pixelated image up of the statue of David, 
uh, are you really seeing the statue of David? Or are you seeing I didn't prepare very well? Right? Or I didn't take my time to think through, or I don't care enough about you receiving a message of this piece to go out and get something well done. Right? We're communicating something here. Um, this really bugs me too. Pixelated photos are, are another one that drives me nuts. Um, but we have quality execution in the church. Um, good design is age appropriate. I'm not talking about kids' ministry has to have a fun font. That's cool too. Um, if you're designing something that's going to be around for a long time, like a logo, design it to last. If you're throwing a, an event together, or if you're throwing a barbecue for the men's ministry that's a one-off event, then, yeah, you can do something trendy and fun, right? Um, but part of being a good designer is understanding that some of these things are going to be around for a while. If you're going to invest, uh, you know, a couple thousand dollars in, um, like, revamping your space, you're going to want your space to look good for a long time, right? Um, so, one of my favorite logos of all time. This logo stood for 65 years. They just recently redesigned it. Um, and people are already saying, like, you should go back to the old one. It was better, <laughs> right? It's a really simple design. Massimo Vanilli did this. He's one of the world's best designers. Um, th this logo, what time period was this logo designed in? Right? If I didn't tell you 60 years ago, I don't know. This logo worked in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, 80s, the 90s. Around 2014, somebody said, I don't know if this works anymore. And they were wrong. Um, this, is, this is great. It's the test of time. When my, probably my proudest work is the logo for our church. All the stuff I've done, logo for our church is one of my favorites. Um, we intentionally did not design this to look like in any era. Right? We wanted to highlight the church in the simplest way possible. That's why the season like that. We wanted rudimentary shapes. I wanted something that could fit on anything. It'd work on a t-shirt, work on a cap, whatever. That's why we designed a logo that doesn't, it's almost like it doesn't have any style, so it can be, it's not confined to a time. This is thinking about, now I don't do, I don't spend this much time and effort on every little thing I do, but for the things that do matter that are going to last, they get time. Good design is consistent. Please, please see the joke here. Uh, um, yeah, every week. Uh, I, I create this on my phone every week. Um, this is our reminder for our youth ministry. We meet at 6 o'clock, Webster's house. It's real simple, right? Now, it doesn't look the same, but do you see the consistency here? Yeah. Uh, I want to remind the kids what time it starts. I've got kids that have come for five years. What time is youth group tonight? <laughs> no, it's 6, right? That 6 is always going to be big on there. Um, and, and so even if it's not the same, there's a consistency there so that when this pops up on their feed without even recognizing it, they know it's from the youth ministry. It's kind of like your favorite artist. Like if I hear a Jimmy Eat World song, I know it's Jimmy Eat World before they sing a note, right? Um, that's what you're going for with consistency there. Um, good design knows when to break rules. A little bit of next level, you've got to know the rules to break them, and sometimes breaking the rules can be a lot of fun for design. And people can tell that you know the rules when they see the ones that you've broken, if that makes sense. So this is our beach day. Um, we said, need a graphic for beach day. What should I do? And my intern at the time said, dude, just throw a picture of the beach on there with the text for the day. I was like, you know what, let's just do that. <laughs> Didn't resize it, whatever. Like, this doesn't work on any grid or anything, but it's readable. I knew not to break that design rule, right? It, it has a picture of the beach. It's not like we put a picture of the mountains on there and said beach day. Um, it's not pixelated. But we, we knew what rules to break to make something fun that's going to catch the eye. Um, so if you're going to do that, know, know what you're doing ahead of time so that you can know kind of how to, to break those rules and, and, and do something different and unique to catch people's eye. This is one of my favorite graphics. Our senior minister says, 
I can't think of anything more creative than open your eyes. So we're going to need a graphic that pops. And I said, done. I'm going to go break every graphic design rule on this one. He says, please do. And so we took, we don't even care about the title on this one. I made, this is the smallest I've ever put a title for a series. Um, we couldn't think of anything better. We were lot, but we liked it. We, we said it's simple, but it's not unique. So let's make the design unique. Go break some rules. And I, after I was done drooling on my laptop, I put 40 fonts and pixelated photos and all this other stuff on a page. And ends up being one of my favorites. A uh, good design communicates well. Uh, the whole point of design is to communicate. By definition, good design communicates well. Ask your people, does this look good? If nobody says anything about it ever, start asking questions, <coughs> right? Because uh, it could be good and nobody like, recognizes that it's good, or it could be bad and nobody wants to say anything. Uh, part of being a designer is uh, you get told your stuff is awful. Like, I love when people are like, what is this? And then they find out that the person that they're meeting at church is the guy who designed it. I'm like, it's an honest response, and it's something I can, I can work from. Uh, resources. Uh, these are some of the apps and stuff I use. There are a hundred billion different things out there. If you type in free um, sermon graphics, 40 different things will pop up. Here's a few that I like. Canva's great. It's free. Um, uh, Spark Photo is great for doing stuff on your phones. Over for phones. Pexels is a free user uploaded. Um, uh, stock photography. Um, InDesign is like, if you think, if Word is like driving uh, a Ford Tempo, InDesign is like driving a Ferrari when it comes to um, putting quality content out there. But um, if you get the subscription, they have videos on how to use it. Um, it's great. Shutterstock, my hands down my favorite place for stock photos. Um, get it, get a, buy them at a bundle, they're cheaper. Download Youth Ministry does a great job of actually providing templates and ideas uh, in the youth ministry world. The equivalent for that at Ministry Pass uh, for Big Church. Um, uh, this is my thank you. My email is dj at newvintagesd.org. Uh, if you like the slides, um, we're going to try and get them uploaded to the app. I can email you all 700 slides I did. Uh, that's my email. Love helping people out with design. Anything on social media platforms is DJ Iverson, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I uh, would love to connect with you. Uh, we've got a few time, uh, a, f a few times, a few minutes here uh, for questions. Um, do you guys have any questions or comments or thoughts about putting this in action in your place? <coughs> we got. Okay, I think I have two questions. Uh, first one is so the bulletin design looked eerily familiar. So what do you guys recommend doing for students that uh, aren't like bombarded with so much information? But like what, what's like a typical bulletin look like at your church? Um, we put together, um, we put what is, what is the information that a guest needs to know okay. um, on their first time here. So let me see if I can find. What do you do with all the other stuff? Um, that gets communicated in weekly emails uh, on Facebook, website, uh, website app. Um, things that we want people to sign up for stuff we want we want email addresses mm -hmm. so we don't give everybody a ton of information right off the bat um, we also want to overwhelm a first-time guest with hey here's 900 things we want to put in your face you can come in figure out what you want at your space um, let me see this is this is like an old bulletin um, I'm just gonna show you my screen this is one of the surf photos from Phil uh, this is an old bulletin this is it. Cover, back, we had two events, contact information for everybody who worked there, sermon notes. That, a couple of events coming up we want people to know about, contact information. Um, our current one, let's see, sermon graphics. This is our current series. Um, Bolton front looks like this. We have a connect card here. This is contact, how to give. Check out our website for events. Here's what you do with your kids. Mission statement. So it's actually a little bit more content than I would like, but. Can I get a quick picture? 
Yeah. I can email you these two. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, that's a, that's a card you can tear off at the bottom. And the top is actually a card that you can tear off, too, as an invite. I see. Uh, here's the back. So it's just one so page. Just one page, half a page. And it's quality paper. Yeah, like um, cardstock. Yeah, cardstock. And we get it printed out of house. We just, for what it costs to maintain a printer, and I hate, I, I wanted to go office space on that thing when we used to do it. And we had to, but we ponied up, and it's actually ended up being cheaper. And um, we got the printer to come to church. Sweet. So, that was fun. Go, go for it, next question. I have one last like, quick question. Um, so, you guys talk about budget, but like, are you paid designer for the church? Is this like volunteers? How, do you, how does anyone have like time to do all this? Well, so spread out the word is, is yeah. a good one. Um, I'm handing off as much stuff as I can to as many people as I can. Um, I recognize not every church can hire a designer. Ask a team. Teams know what look good, <laughs> That's what looks good, and teams will be honest. And they're probably looking to help out. My, my other guess is, if you have a creative type at your church, they're probably underutilized right now. Yeah. And, and so really it's a matter of finding that person that has the eye. Because this really doesn't take a lot of time, especially if you're using some of the, the pre-made apps like Canva or Over, where you've got limited number of fonts, limited number of things. It really doesn't take a ton of time. It just takes that person being able to, to put it into action. And it takes somebody giving them the content of what to say. Right. right? So, Thank you. what do you got? Uh, kind of to piggyback off your uh, utilizing, I have a few, because I'm not a graphic designer, but I am part of, like, I guess, unofficial title creative director for my AV team. Mm -hmm. And so how do I get to utilize, because I know I have, like, a scriptographer, like, they know about fonts, they know how to write fonts, how to make good fonts, and I have, like, an artist, how do I kind of get them to utilize more in, like, I guess, the digital space? Um... You need to meet with them, and you need to set up, uh, set up a time and say, here are the ground rules. So um, anytime we have a new staff member come on board, I sit down with them for about an hour, and I run through do's and don'ts of design for our church. Okay. Uh, and um, at, when I talk with our kids about, hey, will you post something up or repost this or help out, I walk with them through the steps so that they know, here are some of the rules we have. Here are some of the things we do and don't do. Like, here's our official font. Um, here's the ratios that we use. Um, we don't use photos with people in it, and here's why. Um, here's where we, we use these types of photos, these sizes, these formats, whatever. Uh, any other questions? Real quick question. Because um, I, I was going on your website earlier. The problem we have with bulletins is that there's a 10% of our congregation who uses no website, internet, anything. They don't check emails. They may have them, but they get bounced back because their inboxes are so full because they don't know how to check them. Um, older generation. Um, and so we keep bulletin that has that information. I love that what you have is that you just, you're, you want events, go to our website. And your website obviously links to, events go to church center, planning center. Um, do you guys make events? This is totally not designed. It's all right. Do you guys make events for everything on planning center, whether it requires registration or not? Or we we have made that move over. Yes. Okay. Um, and we just moved to planning center beginning of this year and love it. I mean, for this application, we we have it, and that was and our events weren't going well, and part of and what we are realizing too is like I would have a youth event. I've got a youth event every Christmas that will bring in 50, na 50 new names and emails. And that wasn't in planning center. And so those people weren't getting connected. And so I'm designing over here, but we didn't integrate over here. And so we've, had, we've, we've learned recently, let's integrate everything over into one place. Um, as far as communicating with your older folks, um, that's part of this message is saying, look, um, we want to keep you informed. It, my guess is if you gave one person in that group the information, the rest will find out. Um, um, there are times, if, if, there's, if there's a special need for a special group, I can put something else out there. Um, and if somebody wants to take the handle of that, that's great. For us, our focus is on first-time guests feeling comfortable. And so we had to talk to our older folks at our church say, look, this is the move we're making. You're not, gonna re you're not getting... Aunt Betty's prayer request from here. 
but we have here's a space for that over here that you guys can control and maintain because the the bigger Aunt Betty, you know, Aunt Betty's prayer request it is not the message that needs to be advertised to get people to come to Christ necessarily. Yeah. And we're gonna do that over here. So so having that conversation to kind of separate that out a little bit. Because Aunt Betty's prayer request is important, but it's important for the people in the church and her small group and so forth. Hey, I just said earlier, could you expound on that? We don't use people in front of us. Um okay. Uh, I live in Escondido, California. It's 50% white, 50% Hispanic. Um, if you want to try and find photo, stock photos that represent that, good luck. Um, if we want to we want to promote a diverse church, so if I throw nothing but pictures of white kids out playing in the grass, what does that say about the diversity of our church? That, that is one of my hardest things. Like, because um, we're a diverse congregation, and I, I noticed that very clearly in the last couple of years. If I just type in photo, I'm going to get white family. Yeah. You know, and it's really frustrating. Yeah. So, I, I mean, so your solution is just no people. No people. No. It, it, it's just so it's so time consuming. Yeah. To try and find, and if you do take photos of people in your congregation. They may not be there, right. or they may move, whatever. So you get this like weird, you get that lobby thing of like if you go into churches and they've got the photos up and people haven't been there for three years. It's a kind of a weird thing. Right. And also, if you don't have a professional photographer on staff, your photos aren't good. Right. And so one of the things we talked about for the sake of diversity, uh, for the sake of representation, <coughs> if we pull that out, it also depersonalizes things, so it makes it easier. If you've got a photo of a person. I see the person first before I see any message. And so for me personally, that was a really easy grab of, I'm just gonna take people out of this. And now, I designed for a church in Michigan too, my friend's church in Michigan. The whole congregation's white, they live in the suburbs, and they're all hunters. So finding stock photos for them is easy. And it almost kind of works for them. I don't like it, that's what they asked for. But, but they, they thought about it intentionally. I mean, those are the people in our neighborhood that we are trying to reach out are like, they're typically white, they're typically hunters, and they're typically soccer moms. So we're gonna use pictures of moms out there playing soccer and guys in camera. And, and to clarify, you used images of people. I mean, you had a Job and you had an Abraham and some of those. Yeah, yeah. Your, so they're just not photos. Yeah, and yeah, in fact, the only time we kind of joke, the only time I've ever used imagery of people is if I've done a hand-drawn sketch. So, I don't know, that part's not intentional, but we don't use people, so. But the biggest one is is representation. There's no way to represent. I mean, every photo is going to have to have a balance of every race and every age demographic. And and if you're going that far, then like social status. In there. So we're like way way over. If anybody has any questions, I'll be outside. But thank you guys for showing up. Thank you. All right.